0: Welcome to Queer Perth with Oddie and Clint shining a light on LGBTQIA
1: community groups, events and what's happening in Burlu. We're proudly recording on the lands of the Wujak Noongar people and we pay our respect to elders past and present.
0: Coming up in this episode, Clint and I welcome an extra special guest host for our final episode of the season. We talk about sperm donation, and Rahul and Kayla from Activate Mental Health tell us all about how they're helping the queer community. And we are back for our final episode of the season, episode 10. Clint, welcome back. Woohoo! Woohoo! nice fresh colored hair oh yeah what would you describe the color of your hair as
1: well it's it's a gradient it goes from gradient. a go. grape purple to a kind of hot pink fuchsia mm-hmm. color yeah kind of did, of it myself? did it myself fairy
0: floss flavored i haven't licked it but uh oh. <laughs> now we are joined by an extra special guest host today our producer scott hello scott hi
2: how you doing good how are you Thank you for allowing me to come on today. I'm quite excited. I'm loving your hair today.
0: I don't think we've got a choice, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Scott doesn't have hair,
2: but uh, I, no, he does. He's got it on his top. He's lip. got a beautiful. Uh, yeah, he's got a beautiful. <laughs> Up a little bit. I didn't know going on this podcast was going to be me getting picked on. This is what happens when the microphones are off, by the way. (laughs) This is the only reason we brought you on today. (laughs) We thought we'd make it a special
0: end of season uh, episode and welcome you on the microphone. Thank you, because you're normally yelling at us from behind the microphone. (laughs) It's all uh, true. This is
2: all true. I deserve it.
0: So thank you for joining us for our last episode. Who wants to go first? What's been happening?
2: What can we catch up on? Can I say that I was watching your Perth Gay Social Club um, stories yesterday (laughs) and I saw that you had the wine tour yesterday. And the first one I saw was like everyone just sitting down looking really kind of like just, you know, traveling along. And then the next one that I flicked past after a couple of cheers was everyone going nuts in the bus, Mm. swinging around. I think a T-shirt was off at some point in the story. Can you tell me what happened yesterday?
0: No, what happens on the wine tour stays on the wine tour. (laughs) Except the
2: stories, of course. Of course, the
0: stories. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it was a great day. We went on a wine tour, so Clint joined us. I, I purposely did the stories that way because that's how typically events happen so um you know we we start off not many people know each other and there are a lot of new people that haven't come to along to a perth gay social club event before Uh, so everyone you know that that trip up to that first venue is quite reserved quite shy doesn't know too many people then you know we mingled at the first uh, venue so we went to tap house and we did some wine tastings Uh, a few different table groupings uh, and you know the drinks start flowing and people start getting to know each other you don't get a choice you have to talk to other people you don't have to but i make you (laughs) or encourage you to Uh, and i also uh group people up so there were some regulars with some new people so those regulars bring out the personalities of the other people as well so i purposely did the stories to show the progression and the craziness, but the progression of the fact that, you know, it was reserved to start with, but by the end, everyone's, you know, getting to
2: mingle and, and make friends and all that kind of stuff. So it was fun. I had FOMO. It's true. I did. You made me have FOMO. Thank I'm you.
1: I'm glad. <laughs> I come to the next one. I was there, so there was no FOMO. No. <laughs> I was not missing out. So were is you, this- you were the one with the shirt off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not really, just joking. What were you going to say, Scott? I was going to say, is this what is this the new hair the new hair colour? that was was that for that event yesterday?
1: No, this was inspired by insomnia at 4 a.m.
2: Cute. <laughs> yeah.
0: Insomnia. I don't even know her. Mm. Mm. Oh, speaking of, we had RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars all all seasons all star. No, what? All Star Seven, All Winners, the finale. Thank you. Which we won't give spoilers about, but uh, the top four were. People, Trinity, <laughs> Jinx, Monique, Jinx, and... Shea Coulet. Thank you. All gorgeous women.
1: Beautiful, yes. Yep. I mean, I, I was happy with the top four, for sure.
0: Yeah. And we're going to go and see one at the time of this recording. It'll be the day before, I think. Mm. So, Jinx and Ben Delacreme. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to pretend like we've seen it, and oh my god, it was incredible! Oh, so, good. Gosh, so good. So <laughs> good. Um, but we also had the first episode of Down Under Season Two, which had, I think, the only one that I know in the in the lineup is Hannah Conda.
1: Um, yeah, in lives in Sydney,
0: originally from Perth. <laughs> yep anyway that's enough we'll say if, about if, that
1: does she actually ever mention it in the in the season we'll find out we'll find out stay tuned
0: but Scott I believe that you went somewhere for a same-sex bucks night.
1: Yes,
2: we. I did. I did. It was. Um. I'd never been to a same-sex bucks night before.
3: I don't think and, I have
2: either. Yeah, and I was expecting pl- plastic penises and strippers, <laughs> but this was a very very classy affair. All based in Fremantle. We did a cocktail making class, and which were delicious. It involved much more drinking of cocktails than making cocktails, which was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we had a dinner afterwards. And. Um, it was really fun. It was good. It was great, and I'm really looking forward to going to the <clears throat> Ritz Carlton for their wedding next wow, week. Wow! Very exciting. Where would you go for dinner? Dinner was at Young George in East Fremantle, um, and it was um, share food and uh, one big table, and it was um, it was really really good. The, the the food was delicious. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So speaking of food, Clint, I was going to say, nice segue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did it on purpose. Um, so for our uh, avid listeners um, over the last couple of episodes, you know, you've, you've heard me talk about um, how amazing it is in East Vic Park or Vic Park, the town of Vic Park.
2: Um, but I've never actually said where my favourite places are to eat out are. So <coughs> despite being asked many times, they would always never actually come up with it. Because there's just so many great places. But I have compiled a
1: list. Um, and I've kept it short because Scott wants to do a lot of talking, so <laughs> I, I can't mm. do much. Um, but so for breakfast and coffee, I highly recommend Social Manor. It's down in, in the Vic Park end. Um, beautiful people there. Um, they're very friendly. Um, also
0: LGBTI owned. Yep. Yep. Sandra, call Sandra, out. Hello.
1: Moving on would be, um, you know, for a beer or, or a cocktail or Lunch fresco. I highly recommend the Balmoral, um, and I do know that they are also very queer-friendly. Um, and then lastly, <clears throat> I recently tried out the Globe Bar, uh, sorry, the Globe Bar and Grill for dinner, um, and I had a deliciously grilled crayfish, um, and they, they do all sorts um, of food there, so highly worth checking out. And if you are a Vic Park regular, um, that's the formerly Christina's, uh, restaurant finally some recommendations no time like the you're, present you're welcome <laughs> but you know lots of amazing food places so you know come and check one out
0: go exploring now scott we don't know much about you we've talked clint and i have talked about you before can you tell us a little bit about about yourself for the listeners <laughs>
2: this has been sprung on me <laughs> thanks for that we can pause that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine take your time <laughs> awkward pause Um, Sure. My name is um, Scott. My pronouns are he, him. Um, I am Perth born and raised um, and I live north of the river for all those people complaining about not enough north representation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I live in Chuit Hill with my partner, Robert, and we both both work from home. Um, I'm a freelance graphic designer and my my partner is a pastry chef um, Mm -hmm. and creates some pretty special pastries. Which Um, you brought some today, which I I can't wait to taste. I did. He's recently started his new business. It's called Lightning Puff, where he's making eclairs from home. And we have a new flavor for August as well. So that's quite exciting. Yeah. Um, That's me. Very cute. So, Oddie, I think you've had some TikTok views. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah.
0: I've been waiting. (laughs) I've been holding out to tell you all about this. So I've been talking about how I'm back on TikTok after lockdown in 2020. I came across it and did some stuff and then got bored of it. Uh... Recently, I've been making my own TikToks, uh, and then I decided the other night that I would try and go on a live stream, and realised I only had like two hundred followers.
2: So, isn't that what web that what Cam Four is for? <laughs> <laughs> or Instagram. But uh, you, uh, uh. you get kicked off Instagram for that, I promise.
0: Yeah, anyway. So uh, I realized so- that you need more followers than I had, so I couldn't go live. Anyway, so I made a TikTok about that. But I wanted, that's not what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I wanted to show you that um, there's like, I've got several posts. How many posts? I don't know how many. But um, I wanted you to have a look at the top six and tell me which one has the most views. Uh, Can you see?
2: Is that... The one that you're in the shower? No. This, no. This I'm, one. This,
0: this bottom, what is this that? bottom one lighter? here, the lighter one. Oh. Yeah, there's a
2: lighter and so, then this. What
0: is that? So, all of my views... Uh, on other f- other posts is like 200 300 200 including 200, like a 600. Yeah, including that. Uh, this one has 3911 and it's a lighter. I'm not in it and it's the most views <laughs> by thousands. Are you learning something? Huh? <laughs> oh, so it's basically so someone I've stitched uh, I've done a duet with them and it's uh someone saying that oh the the lighter I've been doing it wrong this whole time and it's got <laughs>
1: It's your most viewed it's TikTok. It's most viewed
0: out of like every single one. The one that I'm not in, go figure. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I wanted to point Maybe out.
1: Maybe your little blue lighter needs to feature more.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should change my uh, TikTok to little blue lighter. Mm.
1: So if people do want to follow you on TikTok, what's your handle?
0: I've said it once. I've said it again. I'll say it again. At Ian Odlum. Please
2: follow me so I can go live. <laughs> it, it won't be in the show notes. You can just You can just listen and type it in. It'll be fine.
0: So for this episode's topic, I wanted to touch base on uh, sperm donation. So last episode, I told you how I donated to a same-sex female couple and they gave birth and the baby is looking adorable. I get photos. Um, and Scott, I know that you've donated sperm as well. Mm. So I thought it would be good to just uh, talk about our stories uh, and you know, our desire to have children or not have children. Um, so I wanted to start off... Clint Scott, do you both ever see yourself having a child?
2: I um, don't see myself having um, having a child that that I raise, but um, I do like the idea that uh, that there might be some children out there in the world that um, that I'm very slightly, I wouldn't say responsible for, but um, that that carry some of my DNA. That sounds a bit bit crass, but and your hairline and. And my beautiful headline. I'm sorry. We'll stop doing the headline thing. <laughs> Plus the need to wear glasses and um, get migraines. No, no, no. All, your, all your better qualities. All my better qualities. But hopefully exactly. they
0: get your intellect too.
2: And my creativity. Yeah,
0: because that's, that's very
2: sexy. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> This became a pick on Scott
4: episode.
2: It was a mistake to bring a third microphone here, obviously. <laughs> anyway, back to- Yeah, right. So a few years ago, a friend of mine actually asked me to donate sperm to help them, um, to help her and her girlfriend um, have children. And right at the last moment, they decided um, that they wanted to go down the anonymous route. And I was a little bit, um, it, it was, It. I'd started, I'd never really thought about donating sperm before, but after um, going through that experience, became something that I really decided I wanted to do. Funnily enough, when I was thinking about donating sperm, an ad popped up on Facebook and it was from a clinic in Subiaco uh, and it was aimed at um, gay men who were interested in donating sperm. And before that I hadn't really thought, a little bit like the blood donation, I hadn't really thought that was something that I could do. So I went and went along to the clinic and um, spoke to them about why I wanted to do it and what was involved. And I realized that it was, that quite a lot was involved, but I decided that it was worth going through. And um, after about nine months and 25 donations, they banked my sperm available for um, anonymous selection, I guess. 25. I I went 25 times. To donate sperm. Actually, I did it at home and <laughs> during my lunch breaks. <laughs> in, in one day? I do work from home. I told you that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it couldn't be in one day. You couldn't have come more than 24 hours before, but it had to be within five days, so no longer than five days. So I, had, so I was uh, donating twice a week for quite a long time during the, during the pandemic, actually, um, and I then went and delivered my little sample kit uh, In Subieco. Did so. you mean less than 24
1: hours before?
0: It yeah. had to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you had to... Abstain. Abstain for, for twenty four hours. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was that Concept Fertility? It was Concept Fertility. Yeah, that's Is where that where you went too. as well? Yeah. Oh, there you go. But I'll were, tell you about my story in a minute.
2: <laughs> they um, were really lovely. They were super, super nice. I mean, part of the um, part of being able to donate involved um, having a consulta- consultation with a psychologist, mm-hmm. and um, obviously get, doing all the blood tests and. Um, the initial consultation involved actually have giving a, a, a sperm donation as well. Yep. They needed to find out whether the sperm was viable. So they needed to freeze it. And the main thing is um, that they could unfreeze it and it was still viable after unfreezing it. So yeah. um, that was that was part of the initial, initial part.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, I, I find it hilarious with uh, donating sperm. Not the actual donating sperm, but when you get sent in there Uh, You go into this little room and they give you a little cup and then um, it's pretty much an empty room. It's a chair with a little table and then like a sink and stuff. Uh, And the first time I went in, I was like, geez, I hope they're not expecting, like they are expecting sperm, right? Because you just go, you're left in there to your own devices and then you're like... How long is too long to stay in here? I don't want to just like two minutes and be out. Like I want to actually take my time. But think like, they're judging. I don't know. <laughs> like do they? They walk past and they're like knock, knock, knock. Are you okay? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So uh, then you just like put the little cup in the little box in the in the in the wall and then push a buzzer and leave. And did you look at this at the at the magazines? I didn't get magazines. There I was- just had... I didn't... What? There were magazines? You just got your phone out straight away, didn't you? Of course you? I did. <laughs> so so I, I just- have, like, saved, like, <laughs> folders
2: on my phone. Pornhub, Pornhub, <laughs> Twinks. <laughs> well, I just, just out of curiosity, had a look around the room a little bit more. And there were all these um, quite fetish porn magazines, um, all women, Um, so certainly not very diverse with the pornography in that room, but when I realized that wasn't for me, of course I got out my, got out my phone and (laughs) found the good stuff. Um, and I also, I don't know if I should be admitting this, but I also found it quite sexy thinking about. Who else had sat on that chair? Did you think about that either? No! Wow. (laughs) I had a whole fantasy in my mind about what was going on before me and after me and all of that stuff, and that really helped me. I didn't really even need the porn (laughs) because that whole idea of what else had happened in that room on that leather chair was quite sexy. I did kind of get off
0: on, like, it being kind of in a public space. (laughs) So that was kind of, like, fun for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Clint, let's divert for a little
1: bit. Because we'll get back to this stuff when I talk about my story. Because they're, they're both flushed red at the moment. <laughs> wasn't the finished conversation last week, yeah, last I've episode.
0: Um, have you ever thought about having kids or, or donating sperm or anything of that realm?
1: Yeah, I have. Um, I, I've yet to. Uh, and uh, mm. a few years back when I used to live back in New Zealand, I went along to a... Um, fortune teller palm reader lady mm. and she read my palms and was telling me all sorts of stuff about myself and my future and whatnot and at the time uh, she said to me that I will never have kids and I was absolutely devastated yeah because I did really want to have kids
0: and you have a really big family with a lot of kids and nieces yeah. and nephews yeah. and on
1: on one side there's 20 or so grandkids yeah. Wow um, And on the other side I think there's like 9 or 10 of us
0: And to be told like No you're not going to have kids By who, by anyone Yeah Yeah that'd be hard
1: um, And you know Like I don't fully believe In fortune telling And all that But I'm, I'm open to everything And um, you know Just follow uh, If it can guide me So mm. be it Um, But, you know, fast forward to today and I'm actually quite all right living on my own and uh, just uh, paying for things and buying for things for myself. (laughs) But um, in saying that, you know, I'd still be open to the possibility of having a kid and whether it's uh, with someone and we get a surrogate or if I adopt a kid or foster a kid, like I'd be open to any of those possibilities.
0: Well, I want to share a bit about my story. So uh, I think when I came to terms with the fact that I was gay, I, I mean, growing up, it was just ingrained in me that you know you'd have kids, and I would reproduce and be a father and that kind of thing. And then coming to terms with being gay, it it didn't it didn't correlate being gay and and being able to reproduce. So I I resigned my fact myself to the fact that I would never have kids. Uh, and I have two incredibly cheeky, beautiful nephews, Peyton and Elliot. Uh, and and I think I'm a pretty cool uncle. Uh, and I adore, you know, being around them and love them to bits. So I, I felt like that was enough. And then, uh, running Perth Gay Social Club, I get contacted by different groups all over the place to, you know, collaborate or, or help promote and that kind of thing. So Sperm Donation Australia contacted me through Perth Gay Social Club and asked me to promote them. Um, I think Adam, I can't remember his surname, uh, Adam, uh, runs it. And he said that um, the amount of involvement from men in WA was low and could really use a boost. So I was like, sure, I'll, I'll promote it and started looking into that um, method as well. Uh, I think that was more recently in the last couple of years and I had started kind of just thinking, well, I may not be in a place where I can reproduce and have a child myself. At the moment, I think I'm very selfish with my time uh, and I don't want to. I'm not prepared to compromise. I was I was getting to a point where I felt like I wanted to reproduce in some way, but I didn't want to just do it because that's what society says we need to do. I wanted to think about why I wanted to be a father. Uh, and I think I still do. And I want to have have that experience of imparting my knowledge and helping someone else grow up and have a good life. That's what I would like to do in my own time. I'm not ready for that right now. Uh, But I really loved the idea of helping a couple start a family uh, that couldn't necessarily do that without me. Uh, And so that's why I started looking into the, the surrogacy and the sperm donation and that kind of thing. Uh, but funnily enough, I met Megan and Jade, who was the couple that I had donated to, through another queer group, not through the Sperm Donation Australia. And they had put a post on, on Facebook uh, and we just started chatting through there. And my, my desire was that I wanted to uh, see the child grow up and they were open to that. Uh, now, I completely acknowledge the fact that it's their child. It's just I helped them make that. Uh, And and that works. And being able to see photos uh, of how loved she is and how happy they are as a family is just the biggest reward to me and just gives me all the feels. And so it it is just beautiful to see how
2: um, much of a happy family they are and that I helped do that. That sounds so nice. When I donated sperm, um, it was... Um, it is completely anonymously. Mm. So um, I will not, I will never see that. Yeah. Um, and there is a part of me that thinks that that would be lovely. There is a way to donate sperm so that it's not anonymous and you can be involved. Mm. But a little bit like you, for now, I feel like um, I don't I'm not ready to be I'm not ready to be involved. Yeah. And when you donate sperm or provide sperm, um, you're providing it for up to five families. And there can be, you know, two, three children per family. So in my mind, I was thinking that if, (laughs) if it wasn't anonymous, and you know, five families have children, and you know, I, I I felt myself maybe it might put myself in a slightly vulnerable position. in that circumstance um but the law says that um after the age of 16 children can will get your details and they can come and find you um and that really excites me like the idea of you know approaching retirement getting into my 60s and maybe some some children pop out of the out of the (laughs) woodwork that you know that want to find out about the person who provided the sperm for, for their for their life and um so that that really excites me in the future to meet somebody that, you know, that is a little bit me. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cute. Mm. Uh,
0: I wanted to cover off in this topic (laughs) the process that I went through uh, because a lot of people out there may not know what I had to go through with this, what they call a known sperm donor process. This is not what happened in the booth again, is it? No. (laughs) That'll come into it. (laughs) Got a bit of a story. Um, No. So um, Megan and Jade and I um, wanted to get to know each other before uh, we actually entered into this. Uh, And the fertility clinic is, like I said, was absolutely incredible and um, has been very supportive the entire way along. Uh, and doesn't necessarily let you just enter into it. So the process that we took, um, we I think we met and started chatting just outside of, or as we were coming out of the first lockdown from the pandemic, uh, and so we did a, a Facebook video chat to begin with, and just got to know each other a bit. Then we met in person, uh, and then we decided, yep, that's that's what we're going to do. So that our our desires kind of aligned uh, which was important uh, and yeah so I had to go in first uh, and it's I think it's very unique I think where our situation is quite unique to sperm donation in general but the the fertility clinic so it was a little bit of a bumpy road to start with. But then once once we got into it, it was fine. Uh, so I went in, I did my first donation and they test the sperm to see if it's viable, which they said my my sperm was super sperm. So uh, just saying.
2: Uh, they said my sperm was super sperm. Shut too, up. So I'm thinking they'd probably <laughs> tell everyone that. But anyway, sure, 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 sure.
0: It was good sperm. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so then we... I had to continue with the sperm donation uh, and the girls, Megan and Jade were both very apologetic about having to ask me to go in and donate sperm to which I'm like, look, it's really okay. Either at home, you are going to
2: do it anyway. Yeah. It's
0: going to happen somewhere. <laughs> may as well go to a good cause. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we had to individually go in uh, and talk to a psychologist uh, just to get um, an understanding of the process and the implications that may arise because, you know, once you get into it and there's a baby form and there's a life involved, you know, it's forever. So, you know, we had to think about the, the implications of that. So we, we went in separately and then we had to do a group counseling session. Then we have a six month cooling off period before we can even start trying. So that happened. And then we went back in. We had to do individual counseling again, group counseling. And then we're like, right, let's go. This is it. Let's start trying. So with the uh, actual inception process, they went through the insemination, which is not IVF. It's the, I guess what you would like equivalent to a turkey based <laughs> Uh I wasn't there for that. So um, I assume. Um, and so then they have to wait for uh, the female to have a period and then start ovulating uh, and then, you know, that's where they start trying. And so if it takes, then awesome. If it doesn't, they have to wait a whole nother month before they can start again. So it's not just, a, oh, let's like throw it in and hope for the best. It's, yeah, they, they have this whole like scientific process. And so it took three months before it actually took.
2: Um, so did you only have to um, produce sperm when they needed an- another? Did you, were you just on call for the next time? That no. they needed another go, or did you already do it? Did you I know already did already?
0: it? Yeah. yeah. So they had a few um,
2: tubes of, yeah. of <laughs> me saved up. Um, How many did you have to do? Uh, four, I think. Just to repeat, I did twenty-five. Sorry. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. But but my super sperm made up like a few tubes. So, but there was one time where I had forgot that I had an appointment. And so I enjoyed myself at home and then I got the alert (laughs) on my phone and then I went in and, you know, you're meant to abstain. Uh, So I went in and did it anyway and wrote on the sheet cause you just write on how, how long since it's been. And I just wrote, you know, two hours. (laughs) (laughs) That's usual for you, isn't it? (laughs) But, uh, but then they, um, the girls were in contact with the fertility clinic and I think it wasn't that one. It was like a, um, a donation, another one later on. And they were like, I don't know what you did differently, but you made up like 11 tubes instead of the two from
2: the last one. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so. I knew from the beginning of this conversation it was going to be about a sp- breaking about how much sperm you can produce. But, you know, I, I'll, you know. Yeah, okay. that's fun. <laughs> um, but, yeah,
0: so um, we made a beautiful baby girl, which, um, yeah, so. They're a family now and I believe, uh, you know, it it all depends on on how the first one goes, but I believe that they would like a a second child from the other mother. Uh, And so I'm always available if they ever want that again. Uh, And I like the fact that it's one family uh, and that I get to see them grow up. Uh, But yeah, I I just really wanted to share my story and I'm going to pause there because I talk a lot, but is there anything else that either of you wanted to add it about add about your experiences or your thoughts?
1: Um, just for the record, I also have super swimmers.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Clint. <laughs> Might good day. Yeah, yeah, cool. Have you got these events marked down on your calendar for August? On Friday the 5th, twerk noir through the ages at Connections Nightclub. On Saturday the 6th, Smoked
0: Trout Episode 4, The Gate Tricks at Mojo's Bar in Fremantle.
1: On Sunday 7th, Perth Scorpions Volleyball Club. Have a go and bring a friend day at UWA
2: Sport. Wednesday the 10th of August is Oddie's birthday. So feel free to slip something into his DMs. I'm sure he'll be very happy about it. Yeah, look
0: forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday the 12th, it's Death of Glitter number 3, Queer for Fear at The wreck
2: On Saturday the 13th, Perth Hornets have a go day at Empire Reserve. On Saturday the 13th is Perth Gay Social Club's Bottomless Brunch at Sonder Coffee in Vic Park. Ooh, also on Saturday the 13th, it's Dykes in the Den at the Civic Hotel.
1: And lastly, also on Saturday the 13th is Bears Perth Berryoke Song Night.
2: You'll see me there at Loughton Park Tennis Club. Sunday the 14th is the Perth Spectres Tournament at UWA Sport. And all day on Sunday the 14th, it's Gay Uncle Day. Woohoo! We're all uncles here. Here yeah, we are.
1: On Friday the 19th is Drag Barnyard
2: Bingo at Perth City Farm. Saturday the 20th is the Barn Dance. You'll see me there. I think you'll see all of us there. We will. At also at Perth City Farm. Yeehaw! <laughs>
0: on Friday the 26th, it's Bears Perth Den Night at Loughton Park Tennis Club.
1: Also on
2: Friday the 26th is Wear It Purple Day, so make sure you get something purple and wear it. On Saturday the 27th, the Western Swifts Badminton Club are doing a 90s-themed birthday party. It's their first birthday at Lowton Park Tennis Club. And for all of these events
1: and future events, you can head along to the official Queer Perth Facebook group. And if you're putting on an event, feel free to share it in there as well.
0: All right, we are joined today by two team members from Activate Mental Health, Rahul, who's the founder, and Kayla, who is volunteer manager. Welcome.
4: Hi, nice to be here.
0: Thanks for coming. Thanks
4: for having us.
0: It's a pleasure. Now, um, before we get started uh, with uh, the questions about Activate Mental Health, which we'd love to find a bit more about, uh, can you start off by just uh, telling us who you are, uh, your pronouns, and just a little bit about yourselves, please?
3: Um, I guess I'll start. my name is Kayla uh, my pronouns are she her so basically um, I started with my undergraduate in psychology um, being part of the queer community myself um, has a lot of impact on how I want to help the queer people with mental health so um, I started off uh, through Act as a volunteer manager and it kind of grew from there
0: fantastic and Rahul
3: yeah.
4: I, my background is that I'm a chartered accountant, but I've been working in the mental health sector since 2017. Um, my pronouns are he and him, and uh, I founded first biggest mental health support group, Activate Mental Health, as a way of meeting new people and having a little bit of fun.
0: Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, I really want to find a lot more about Activate Mental Health. So Rahul, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you know, how, how it came about and, and what it's all about?
4: The idea about Activate Mental Health is to run fun social activities for people's well-being. Um, we lead a team of 30 volunteers, which is managed by Kayla. We do 300 events annually on a budget of $3,000. And I can't exactly remember the, the starting time I thought about it. It's probably my time volunteering with the friend. But basically, I just wanted to do social things with people who identified as, with mental health issues, and I saw nothing out there. So instead of trying to join something, I created my own community on very innocent terms, and it's turned into an amazing little entity that's made a huge difference in lots of people's lives. We have a sponsorship that covers our... Um, running costs and stuff at the moment uh one of our sponsors when we mentioned that we were going to pitch for a queer social group decided to give us a thousand dollars to fund it this was um tasha from blooming minds a um, mental health training organization and then i encouraged uh kayla and charlotte to um to pitch at a crowdfunding uh dinner called Fig park neighborhood soup and uh Kayla and Charlotte were successful at it. Yeah,
0: congratulations. That's awesome. Um, Kayla, can you tell us a little bit more about how Activate Mental Health is helping the
3: queer community? So basically, the biggest thing about Activate Mental Health is to reduce that sense of isolation. So Charlotte is one of our volunteers and we were meeting at a local, so we have annually volunteer meetups just to catch up with the volunteers, to touch base, and we started talking about the queer community and how we would like to bring some form of social group or gathering together once a month where people in like-minded situations can meet in a safe space mm. where they can just authentically be themselves. So we started off really small with a just a coffee club catch-up um, once a month. And from there, we're able to get sponsoring, and we will be moving shortly over to the Vic Park Community Centre to do bigger events with more people, which will be fantastic.
0: Yeah, amazing. And I, I guess uh, the the beauty of it is that uh, it's it's low cost uh, events, right? So it's it's for anyone and everyone. So it's very inclusive.
3: Absolutely. The events at the Victoria um, the Vic Park Community Centre will most mostly be free events so there'll be events such as like creative mindfulness sessions or four game nights or games nights those kinds of things
0: yeah brilliant that's really exciting can you share with us either one of you raul or or kayla can you share what's what's coming up what can we expect to to look forward to in the next couple of months
3: um so basically uh we want to we've been very inclusive with our participants for the queer social club, so we've um, got an idea of what they want to do. So we are, so we start in September with our first event, and that will most likely be a mindfulness creative session. It's kind of like a creative jam. So basically, we do covering in, we have a bit of a chat, we get to know everyone, we see what they want to. Um, do and we go from there so it'll be about two hours on the third Sunday of every month um, around 2 to
0: 4 p.m. We've got a few questions in regards to mental health we, we put a call out to our listeners uh, letting them know that we had a couple of experts coming on uh, so first question when you're feeling anxious and sorry for yourself it's dis- difficult to reach out for help so do you have some tips for making the first move?
4: Uh, The best thing to do is try to reach to someone through your network, whether it be family or friends. Um, And if you can't find those means, uh, what we learn through Mental Health First Aid training is reaching out to your GP and having a chat with them who can refer you to appropriate services. So if you are struggling with mental health, loneliness, isolation, quite often a first point of professional contact is your local GP.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And I I personally um, have a a psychologist that I speak to uh, and um, I didn't realise until I started looking into it that uh, you can get a mental health care plan through your your GP who then refers you off or if you have someone that might be a preferred psychologist, they can um, personalise that letter to do that referral for you. So... That's definitely helped me. And it's a good suggestion to start with your GP. All right, next question. Uh, Does your brain physically change when you have particular mental illnesses?
4: I, I certainly have noticed a chemical change in my brain. So I've got a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. And I realized um, that, like, when I was in the high and manic phases, so manic's the opposite of depression. It's when you've got lots of energy and you're really pumped, Mm. that um, it does feel like you've got, um, you know, unlimited energy, you struggle to sleep, you've got racy thoughts. And then on the other hand, when you are in the more depressive states, I definitely, it's hard to describe, but I feel like there's a bit of a clog in my head. Mm. And uh, you feel a bit down because you're not producing some of those chemicals. I um, I believe that like um, mental health h- has some effect with chemical imbalance, but I don't believe it's the only thing. I think it's like social connection and community that's quite important as well. So something that frustrates me a little bit about um, mental health and the way it's promoted in the community, it's all about – psychology and medication but the studies have all shown the best long-term factor is to find communities that you belong in and feel comfortable in and people you can connect with which is why Kayla is leading the um, cause to create these communities for people in the queer community to come together and not feel so isolated.
0: Yeah amazing that's great and I I totally agree that yeah there's only so much that uh, medication can do It's that social interaction. Uh, I know that I'm an extrovert at times. I also have my introverted state um, just to recharge. So there's those people that consider themselves more introverted, but, you know, in in small doses, that social interaction and then hide away again. So you can recharge and, and then get out again. Clint, you can relate to that.
1: Yeah, um, perhaps I'll share a bit of my history. Um, More recently, I've, um, I'll say for the last year, I've been working completely remotely. Most of my team are on the eastern state. um, And uh, we had a few lockdowns over that period. And at the time, I didn't really realise how much that was impacting my mental health, Um, just being completely isolated um, and not really getting out, not really socialising. And I consider myself an introvert. So you know, I always thought, oh, you know, I'm I'm fine. I'm home by myself, uh, and I live alone. Um, everything was going to be all right. Um, but it it definitely was taking its toll. Um, and at work, um, it was getting very stressful. I was getting lots of anxiety. I started spiraling on issues. Um, and yeah, so I recently reached out to, um, to get diagnosed and go through all of that. Um, and I've had a diagnosis, it's still ongoing because I've got a few more tests to do. So I've been diagnosed with ADHD, but um, I believe it's like not the hyper side of it, like it's a subset of that, ADD something or other. Um, and then also, uh, what was it? High-functioning Asperger's potentially. Um, so it's still being explored and diagnosed, but um, that as, as it was being discussed with the uh, the doctor, I was just realizing how much of the issues that I was struggling with were being explained and, I don't know, it was just kind of all uh, making me feel more relieved, I suppose, because I could understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely recommend getting out and being more social for sure. Mm. Um, and I'm looking forward to coming along to the first event because I live in uh, East Vic Park. Um, yeah. And yeah, a- as we started this particular podcast, that was one of my goals was to get out <laughs> and do more socializing. Mm. Um, so you touched on being relieved. Raul, when you um,
0: understood that uh, bipolar was, was a, an issue that you had to deal with, was it a relief to, to actually have that diagnosis and, and understand it?
4: It probably took me a few years to really accept it and to understand it, and this is something I have to maintain. Um, I was very lucky in 2016 to come across uh, who is now my former psychologist, and she's only my former psychologist because we realized we didn't need any further work. So um, she was the one who gave me the encouragement to start Activate. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's just – A matter of uh, understanding that you've got it, you've got to maintain it. The thing I've learned most about my mental health journey is that if you want to improve your mental health, you've got to do all the cliched things about maintaining your general health. You need to eat well, you need to exercise, you need to sleep, Mm. you need to um, take medication, you need self-care, you need socialization. And there's a reason why all those things are cliched and if you do them and it takes a while to develop one of them as a habit it really does improve your well-being in the long run
0: yeah absolutely um so that that's all i really wanted to ask you about uh but is there anything else that you can share about activate mental health including how how can people find out about you uh but before we end the interview is there anything else that you think is important that we haven't covered on activate mental health
4: um i just want to encourage everyone uh who's involved in the queer community to come out to these events they're very inclusive they make everyone feel welcomed even uh our other events that aren't queer specific are quite welcoming we get people of all ages and backgrounds whether they be in their 20s right up into their 60s our core group mainly has people between 25 and 45 years of age which is fair enough because there's often no services to service people who are adults it's always since we have the youth or seniors so uh, we kind of fill the gap that's in between and we have a range of events that happen across the Perth community whether it be walks or board game nights or playing eight ball full and It's a great way to come out whether you're extroverted or introverted and just reducing that social isolation will really improve your well-being in the long run. Yeah,
0: amazing. And how can people find out about you?
4: All our events and our presence is based on the social media platform called Meetup. So Meetup is a great platform that has lots of different groups. Uh, I've seen on there a queer social book club on there. So there are a few queer groups on there. There's plenty of other groups as well, ranging from business networking to dating to cycling. Um, so if you go to meetup.com slash activate MH, that's our group. But probably the easiest way to find us is just to Google activate mental health and you'll find a result on uh, Google there.
0: And so I'm just looking at your Instagram now. And so the the handle is at ActivateMH. So people can look on there or on Facebook. How can we people find you on Facebook?
4: We've got a Facebook and Inst, um, LinkedIn page as well. It's at ActivateMH um, after the URL. Um, but Meetup is predominantly where you need to be because that's where all our events are. And that's where you sign up an RSV feed from.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, uh, we'll definitely put all that into the show notes anyway, so people can link from our podcast through to that and make sure that they're all up to date with with what's what's going on with Activate Mental Health. But um, for now,
1: oh, Clint, I just have one last question. Go for it. <clears throat> Perhaps it's a question for Kayla. Um, if someone's struggling with their social anxiety, but they they know that they really want to come along to event, sorry, an event. Um, are there some, um approaches that you could recommend for them like is there someone they can reach out to or yeah what what tends to work for the for people that are wanting to come but really struggling to engage
3: Yeah, absolutely. There is definitely some um, ways that I encourage any of our participants um, if they're struggling with that social anxiety. I think one of the first things if they're comfortable is when you go onto the meetup and you go onto an event, you can actually message the host that are hosting the event. So if you're uncomfortable, if you're not sure, or you really want to know more about the event, you can message them through Meta just to say, hey, what exactly is going on? I'm a bit nervous about going. And, and just have a bit of a chat. There's also, I find, I always recommend to uh, my participants also bring a friend along. If you're feeling really nervous and you don't want to go by yourself, feel free to bring a friend along. You know, that is always a really good idea. When I first started um, going to meet up events as a volunteer. I brought a friend along because I was quite nervous myself, so just going into a completely new situation with people that I didn't know. And I think the biggest thing is our volunteers, I've spoken to all of our volunteers at Activate Mental Health. They're Mm -hmm. such a lovely bunch and they're all really, really friendly and more than happy to talk to you before, at the event or after the event and help, help with those nerves.
0: So that brings us to the end of our final episode of this season. Ah, episode 10. How are we doing? It was fun.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Yeah, I've got to thank all the listeners. Thank you so much for everyone's support and everyone's involvement, Uh, whether you're just listening or if you've sent in a question or you have sent us a DM to to talk about the episodes, which we really appreciate all of the conversation happening. Uh, So thank you. Don't worry, we're back for a second season, which is very exciting. Uh, we plan on coming back just before, uh, pride season, which is in November. So we'll be back, uh, a few, uh, weeks before that, uh, just to, to lead up to and let you know what's happening for pride. So before we get into the lessons
2: learned for this episode, Scott, you have a new podcast coming out. Can you tell us a bit about what that is? I do. I was quite inspired by the previous episode, episode nine, where, um, Ian and Clint, you interviewed the Perth Thrupple. We did. It was quite a popular episode. A lot of people were really interested in hearing that. I plan to find people who are in polyamorous relationships, people that are in open relationships, or perhaps both partners are asexual, or perhaps um, it might be a lesbian couple and one of them has transitioned. Um, Different types of relationships that you might not hear about normally and discuss with them how, how it all works. So Brilliant. if you if you feel like you're in a relationship like that and you're interested in being a podcast, feel free to slip into the Queer Perth DMs and I'd love to chat to you and maybe we can make that happen. Brilliant. Look forward to, to finding out more. Thank you.
0: Well, all right, let's get into the end of the episode. So Clint, what have you learned?
1: So for me, not really a lesson learned, but um, I think I've coined a new term. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? So if you and a friend have topped the same person,
2: that makes you companions. (laughs) You don't want to know the conversation we had to get to that point.
0: (laughs) There's context, but we won't go into that. Anyway, my lesson learned. Uh, I realized that uh, making TikToks... um, I get more views. I'm more popular when I'm not in them.
2: (laughs) Uh, So there you go. I could have told you that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much. Scott, what did you learn? I learned that when I'm on the podcast... I'm going to have to do a whole lot more editing than I would have if I wasn't on it. It's hard. We both do so well.
1: <laughs> and I think if you go back to our first episode, you can tell that for yourself. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Hopefully you can
0: tell that we've improved and, and got better with time, with yeah, age. Yep. Definitely. It's like a good wine. Definitely. All right, awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode and the end of the season, like we said. So once again, thank you to everyone who's been listening and supporting us. We greatly appreciate it. And we can't wait to come back for season two. So let's do a big thanks to our producer, Scott, who spends hours endlessly editing all of our mess-ups and our laughs and our jokes together. So thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Uh, Big thanks to Scott Holmes' music for
1: all of the tunes. We'd love your feedback. You can contact us by sliding into our DMs on Insta or Facebook at Queer Perth. You can also message us through our website, queerperth.com.
0: Make sure you follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and tell everyone, including your friends, your family, and even that lady sitting next to you on the
1: bus. <laughs> we're here for the community and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Bye. Oh, we're going to do
2: ASMR on... Definitely not. Oh, that's gross. I hate ASMR. We are recording. What are
0: you two
1: doing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm That's starting right. again. He's editing. Jesus, <laughs> I'm
2: starting again. This is too difficult to edit.